What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. You're listening to the Sham Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. 
Sunday morning gospel program, Morning Inspiration.
thank you, Lord, for keeping us, sustaining us throughout this whole week that we come before you and come to another week as you to continue, Lord. Continue to keep us and sustain us. For you, for you say, Lord, that devil is here on this job to kill, steal, destroy. Thank you, Father, for your grace and mercy.
in exile on the Isle of Patmos, 18 times he refers to Jesus as the Lamb of God. Jesus has already been crucified. He's been buried. He's raised from the dead, ascended to the Father. And John says, I see him seated on the throne, the Lamb of God, the overcomer. He saw nations and multitudes from all tongues and tribes bowing before him, before the Lamb, it says. And you, you read it and you, you, you see and hear John say, I saw him bind the devil and all the principalities and powers of darkness. The Lamb overcame and cast him into the powers and the pits of hell. The Bible says that, and John says, I, I see him, the Lamb of God, ascended, and the Lamb of God went to make a city. He built a city, and he built a paradise. And he, he left to said, I'll come back. I'm going to prepare you a place. And he prepares this place. And the Bible said the Lamb is there on his throne. He built a city. He established a paradise. And then he said to his bride, those who are in Christ and believe in this Lamb of God, come enter into the joys that await you. Folks, we have... We are not of this world. We're of another world. We are just passing through here. In Genesis, we, we find the first significance of a sacrificial lamb. Abraham is told to sacrifice his son Isaac. He goes to the mountain, and he has the kindling. He has the knife. He has what he needs for sacrifice. And Isaac says, Father, where is the sacrifice? And Abraham says, God will provide a sacrifice. I want you to know that God has provided a sacrifice. I, I take walks uh, daily, uh, weather permitting, and I, I walk a lot through the Times Square area. And I look at the teeming crowds, and I, I look at all the tourists. There are tourists here from India, for example, with over a million gods. There are from China with their thousands or millions of gods. And from India, from China, from uh, Russia, from all over the world, multiplied gods. You walk the streets, and, and uh, I, I say to myself, what are they looking for? What, what's going on in their minds? And suddenly it comes to me by the Holy Spirit. They're looking for peace. They're looking for some kind of hope. You see them go into the bars. You see them going here and there. And the cry in the heart is for peace. And they're looking for atonement, somebody to help pay for their sin and bring peace. Beloved, atonement is trying to pay God back for the transgressions of our heart. And people are living in guilt and trying to find at least one way of hope. While we were in Florida, it was in the newspapers that people were passing out in restaurants and in bars. They, there was such a sense of emptiness and hopelessness. They were taking drugs and then going in and drinking alcohol and passing out. Seven in two of the restaurants passed out. The same in New York. You see people partying. You see people reaching out. Everywhere they go, reaching and searching for something, trying to make an atonement for their sin, trying to find some way they can pay God back for their transgressions. Folks, Jesus came 
is one sacrifice, one blood sacrifice, and the blood of this lamb has power, power to cleanse, power to heal, and millions upon millions around the world have experienced the glory and the power of this cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. Folks, we serve the living Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. Before Jesus was crucified, he wrote a little cold into the city of Jerusalem. He was looking over the city, and the Bible says he wept. Now, there's another case when Jesus wept, and that was at Lazarus' tomb. And that in Greek means silent tears. But when the Bible says when Jesus approached the city of Jerusalem, he wept. And in the Greek, it's he wailed loudly, a cry that could be heard everywhere. And I, I asked myself, Jesus, what did you see? What did you see that made you well? What was it in your vision? He was watching and seeing those going into the temple, buying these lambs and pigeons and trying to find some way to make peace with their God, some way that they could pay back for the transgressions of their last week or today, in, in that constant stream, and I think in his eye he saw the whole world and all of these gods and all these religions trying desperately to find peace and hope. Jesus wailed and cried. There was something in his heart. You know he went into the temple, drove out the money changers, but those people that were going in and out, Jesus knew they were sincere. When you see these multitudes here in this city, they're sincere. We don't rail against any religion. But these people are searching and seeking for peace, a sacrifice of some kind. They bring food to their gods. Some people, all through the Bible, presented their, their sons in, in, in human sacrifice. And, and the flagellants would beat their backs until they bleed, trying to please God, and trying to appease his wrath, and trying to find some way to, to find prosperity and find the favor of their God. And they're always looking, and they're all, everyone is, every religion has their own Messiah. Iran is wait, waiting for the 12th Imam. And, and they say he's coming soon, and there's going to be chaos. He's going to come through this, and they're longing and searching for their Messiah. Israel, the cry is, he's at the door. He's at the door. You, you can go to India, and you'll find that most of their gods, if not all, have some kind of a king that's coming, some kind of a ruler that's going to take over the world. It's all there. It's that search. And I was walking down 8th Avenue the other day and watching those people. And I, I, I said, Lord, I, I don't know what to feel. I don't know how to respond to, to the masses. One of our workers just came back from Africa to a city of 10 million people. And it's just overwhelming to see those masses and the searching and the hunger and the reaching. 
just like many of you that have come into this house today. You, you, you're looking for peace. I don't care how much, if you don't know Jesus and if you're not walking Christ, and if you're living to yourself and living in sin, uh, all, all that drinking on Friday and the partying and all that, you still come home and lay down in your bed. You're still searching, still looking. You're looking for hope. I, I watched them going into the gay bars. I, I, I don't rail on homosexuals, but I see a search for peace, a search for love, a search of hunger and a thirst. Then I hear Jesus say, Come and all you the hunger and thirst, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you peace. And I, I, this last week, I was trying to, to feel something of those tears. And when I first came to New York City, and Lord called me to, this is the second time we established Teen Challenge first. And the congregation here has heard me say this. This is 22 years ago on 42nd Street and, and Broadway. I just stood there on the street, and I watched the masses go by and drug pushers selling cocaine, crack cocaine, and yelling out, I've got this stuff that will kill you. And it, death was the advertisement, and, and people running into the theaters and, and, and uh, kissed the open sinfulness. And I, I cried. And I, the other day I tried to cry, and I can't cry, and I can't reach the depth of of, of what was in Christ. I can't comprehend this wailing. But you see, he's, he, he, he'd gone up and down the nation and he'd proclaimed that I am your peace. Your own prophet says that I'm the Lamb of God. Zechariah, the prophet, nine nine, he said, if you just read your own prophets, here's your king coming, and he's riding on a colt, and Jesus is on the colt. It's all there, everybody's singing hosannas and everything that prophet knows. He said, if, you, if you'd known Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, and, and it, you would see that this is the king. And, and Jesus gave the, the cause of his weeping. He said, if you had only known what was provision made for your peace? If you had only known. The other day when I looked at the masses, I said, oh, God, if they only knew. This is what Jesus was saying. This is what broke his heart. If you only knew the peace. It's right here. You, you don't, this Messiah that we're talking about, this Lamb of God, you don't have to, have to raise him from the dead. You don't have to calm down. He's done that. He's been here. He, he's already done all that. Our Messiah is here. He's alive. If you only knew, if you had only believed, and, and I say that to some of you sitting here now, you, you have heard his plea. You know, I was thinking the other day, it's not by works of the flesh. Apostle says it's by faith in Christ. All you have to do is believe, confess that he is Lord, that this Lamb of God, the blood that he shed, is what he claims it to be, the power to cleanse and heal and change your life and even give you the power to live right. I'm, 
I'm just in my heart thinking, oh, God, that's going to be said of many. It's so much sitting here now. If you had only believed, if you would only accepted, think about that for a minute. If, if you, it was all there, it was all provided for, this lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, let it not be said of you if you had only known the peace, the joy. You didn't have to drink your way to some kind of a stupor. You didn't have to look in alcohol or drugs. And they're on 52nd Street, or on 42nd Street and Broadway. The Lord said, I want you to come into the city, and I want a church in the middle of all this. And that's when Times Square Church was born. You and I can't go to the depths of Christ weeping. We can we can pray for sinners, we can intercede, but unless the Holy Spirit convicts a man, the the, the most it, it, it is going to be very difficult to tell a man that all of his charity, all of his good works, all of this trying to do good is of no merit. It's commendable. It's wonderful that what you're doing is not going to save your soul. It's not by works. It's by faith in what Jesus did on the cross. Folks, I'm not telling you anything new. If you're a Christian, you know this. I'm reminding you. We can't take it for granted. When he's come near the city, he beheld it and wept over it. He said, if you'd only known even you, at least in your time, your day of visitation, the things that were meant for your peace, but now they're shut from your eyes. He said, there's a blindness that has come over you. God forbid that you should harden yourself to this merciful call. Jesus broke, the Father broke into this society. He broke into a world that rejected him. And he said, there's one way, there is one God, there is one Savior, there is one blood, and I've made the provision. You can't, there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. You can't do it that way. It's by faith. I want to close in just a minute. This is not a long message. John on the Isle of Patmos sums it up. Let's go to Revelation if you have your Bible with you. Usually pastors give their text before they preach. I'm going to close with mine. I want you to go to uh, the book of Revelation. Chapter 5. I'm going to start verse 11. This is John summing it up about the Lamb of God. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders and the number of them were 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. 
They were saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Glory be to God for his sacrifice. A simple message. But I was called by the Holy Spirit to remind you, congregation, that we serve the Lamb, the resurrected Lord. He's now Lord and Savior, ruling in glory and power and majesty. Will you stand, please? If you're here this morning and you have known Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, now this is Easter. There's no better time than come back. To come back from where you've drifted. That's what this church is all about. And I'm going to ask the Lord now as I pray to touch your heart. You see, I don't think a man can be saved unless the Holy Spirit is convicting. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Because you tell a man that his works will not merit salvation, you're just angering. And that's that's the exclusiveness of Christ. And this, this is that the Holy Spirit has to open a heart. If there's even a cry, if there's any whisper in your heart, I need his peace. I need his touch. You've drifted away from him, this precious Lamb of God. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you where you stand. I don't, I wasn't looking for a shot when I preached today. I was looking for the Holy Spirit to come and speak to your heart. I'm going to ask him now to talk to you, that still small voice. And if you want, if you don't know Christ, that's what Easter is all about. I want you to take a step as the prodigal son did. He went back to the Father. He walked back to the Father. And I want you to take a walk. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart if you've drifted from him. And on this Easter, you want to come back to his love and grace. This invitation is very simple. And I know that I feel his anointing now. And he's in the annexes wherever you're at. He's here to change you and to heal you and bring you back to his heart. I want you to step out of your seat if that happens. And in the annex, you can go to the the uh, lobby there on the second floor, and the ushers will show you how to come down the stairs and come. You can walk down here, openly confess, Jesus, you are the Lamb of God, and I come home. Heavenly Father, will you speak now? You speak in the quietness 
for this moment. Lord, and you reach out and woo and call. Lord, you are pleading with some. You've heard. Let it not be said if you had only believed, if you had only accepted that I was calling you, if you only knew. Now, Lord, by your Spirit, draw. In Jesus' name. Father, we're singing to step out of your seat. You feel that tug, you feel that pull. Uh, know where you're from, doesn't matter who you are. This invitation is open. Just come and stand here. And I'd like to pray with you and believe the Lord to let you walk out of this building today renewed in your spirit and healed. That's all I'm going to say. We'll wait for the Holy Spirit. Step out of your seat and come here. And still come while I'm speaking. First of all, I want you to know that there's no sin that anyone in this place has ever committed so horrible, so wicked that it can't be forgiven. God doesn't turn anybody down. And secondly, I I ask you to, once you confess your sins and believe in the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus Christ, don't go back to them. Give them over and don't let the devil haunt you with them because they're under the blood of Christ. And some of you that are that are here now, you live on condemn you live in condemnation, you live in fear. But if once you believe that this lamb that was slain was for you and your sin was laid on his shoulder and he carried your sin and he paid the price for that and there's nothing you do to work it through. So right now, just believe it and lay it down. And when these thoughts come back to hound, you say, Jesus is my righteousness. Christ is my righteousness. Christ is my right. When he comes and lies to you, when he tells you that you still have some devil in you or whatever he says, right now, just say it back. Christ is my righteousness. Say it right now. Christ is my righteousness. Hear it again. Christ is my righteousness. Glory be to God. He is our righteousness, not your own. We deserved hell and he gave us heaven because we trust in him. Now I'm going to have you pray this prayer, even though some of you have prayed long prayers and maybe some of you have prayed many, many times. And if you, I don't know whether you're coming back to Christ or you're renewing your your love, I don't know if you're here for the first time, but I want you to pray this in faith. Lord Jesus, you are my lamb. You were sacrificed for me, and your blood cleanses me from all unrighteousness and all my sins, even my sin in my mind and in my flesh. God knows my thoughts. Cleanse them, Jesus. I give you my confidence, and I trust in you, and I believe you as the Lord and King of kings ascended into heaven for me. I believe.
Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shall be saved. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. Rejoice in the Lord now and, and be glad.
Beginning and the end, 
and had that over. Good morning to you and yours. On this Sunday morning, bringing you the very best of gospel inspiration and music, this is Morning Inspirations. Good morning to you. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. Driving through the neighborhoods of Southern California, you can't help but admire all the orange trees. But a lot of those oranges on front yard trees often fall to the ground and rot. My friend Don has observed this for years, and finally, he's done something about it. When the oranges are ripe, Don hops in his truck and drives up and down streets, knocking on doors and asking if he can pick oranges off trees. What does he do with all those oranges? He makes orange juice. And then, Don joyfully delivers quarts and gallons of freshly squeezed juice to elderly people, shut-ins, disabled people, and yes, even to us here at the Johnny and Friends office. Proverbs 22 says, Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he shares his bread. So, join Don, and let's keep our eyes open for ways in which we can bless and be blessed. On today's Creation Moments Minute, we look at how fireflies produce their light. To make a flash, fireflies must make and mix a chemical called luciferin with an oxygen and enzyme called luciferase. This mixture is combined with a catalyst to create the flashes of light. Firefly flashes are used for finding a mate. Fireflies are able to read the light signals of other fireflies. These signals may contain several messages. Some flashes can tell a firefly whether the sender is one of his species. Light flashes are also used to identify whether the sender is a male or a female. And if it's a female, the flash can also identify whether she is already mated with another firefly. This is another example of the unlimited creativity and extravagance of our creator God. The same beauty of the firefly that creates wonder in the child should also fill us with wonder at the limitless imagination of God. For Creation Moments Minute, I'm... This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Now I turn 16, so it's time to drive. Buckle up, true behind the wheel. Got my iPhone bumping like. GPS locked and the map was set. Thought I had it all right till the road went left. Been out of control in the coupe de ville. Now I'm sitting shotgun. Jesus, take the wheel.
Hi, this is Donnie McClickin, and I've got a personal note that I'd really like to drop in your spirit today. I want you to understand the blessings of God and how they're supposed to enhance our lives. Blessings are not always financial. But the Bible says in Proverbs 10 and 22, it says, The blessings of God makes us rich and adds no sorrow. This richness that it's speaking of deals with our lives being full, our lives being complete, our joy being prevalent and noticeable, us being seen as someone who profits in God. The richness of God deals with a soul that is healed, a spirit that is in touch with Jesus. Our lives being rich is having our family whole, is having our friends close, and even our enemies reconciled. Blessings of God makes us rich and will take your sorrows away. Becca worked from home and her friends envied her. No commute, they say. And while no commute was great, Becca knew the flip side. No climbing in the car to get away from work. Work was always with her. Becca's big temptation was evenings, office time without the business phone ringing. And those evening labors often cost her time with her family to just enjoy being with them. This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Lady Lodge. In God's infinite wisdom, he provides the antidote to overwork. It's called the Sabbath, the balance between rest and work. The Sabbath is our chance to resist our workaholic tendencies and to accept God's timing as part of the high calling of our daily work.
Would you join with me, please, in prayer? Pray with me, Lord Jesus. I am a sinner. Jesus, thank you that you loved me enough that you became a man and died on the cross and paid the price for all the wrong things that I have done. I'm sorry for my sin. It's my sin that put you on that cross. And I'm sorry. I don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. And tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead, from the death of sin. You are giving me a new life, the life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Hallelujah. Saved. Saved. Yet you gave 
to prove your love to me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be.
This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.